Peace. Welcome to the Light Bar Blessings Podcast, where we build with professional leaders who share their organic life lessons. I'm your host, T.O. Clay. My mission is to leverage and extract intellectual perspective, thought-provoking conversation, and real light bulb moment experiences to help others reflect, develop, and grow as people. These lessons are inspired by the priceless moments in life we use to connect the dots and propel ourselves forward along our journey. It's time to turn on the lamp and shine light. Hey, peace, love, and light. Hey, once again, family, we back in here. I'm excited, as you can see on my face. Hey, as I always say, man, my goal for Light Bar Blessings is to bring on the best leaders that I know, gentlemen, ladies that's out here putting that best foot forward, making it happen, leading by example, all of those amazing things that we expect out of our leaders, man. And, and today, I got a brother, man, I've been watching him. Again, you know, I'm, I'm not a real big social media cat, but hey, a lot of times when, when I'm caught with that attention, hey, I'm going to stop and I'm going to look and I'm going to check it out. And I seen uh, my brother... And I said, man, wow, man, you could see that passion in his eyes for, for him doing what he's doing. And and and, and his forte uh, is, is real estate, man. And, and I was telling my brother, so many people that I know, uh, a, lot of, a lot of conversations over the last years, uh, it's rolling into that real estate. So I'm excited. I'm blessed. I'm happy. I'm thankful to have my brother today with me, Air Force in the house, you know what I mean? Air Force and Marines bridging that gap. My brother Johnny Lionel, man. How you doing, bro? How's it going for you today, man? What's up? Man, blessed to be here, Tio, man. Thank you for having me on the on the show, man. Being here and just kind of coming in and just just sharing my story, man. But I'm just blessed, man. You know, another great day. Another great day to continue, man, being it forward and just take keep continuing to take action. Hey, man, that's amazing. Well, hey, Johnny, you know, for everybody out there that's checking us out, man, that we're about leadership, man. You know, I'm I'm a humble servant. I know you're a humble servant. And, you know, throughout these conversations, as people know, man, that's been checking us out on White Bob Lessons, man, it's organic, man. And again, it's nothing scripted. I don't I don't have a, a trillion high powered questions for you outside of what's in my heart, man, because, again, I know you're a great man. I know you're a great leader. I know you're out here doing your thing to the best of your ability, man. So first and foremost, man, um, where, where are you from, Johnny, man? Where, where'd you grow up and all that good stuff, bro? Yeah, man. So so from down lower Alabama was where I grew up, man. I was originally born in Detroit, you know, 82. You know, dad made the decision. You know, he had got called into the ministry. And he was like, hey, we're moving back down south. And I'm like, okay, so cool. Sad. So we went back, man, to the – I'm talking to the country, to the sticks, you know. Yeah. Where, only had three traffic lights, but you know, looking back, you know, it was like, man, that was it. Was just, I look at a lot of the challenges, you know, that my cousins had, you know, they grew up in Detroit and just things like that. That uh, it, it was different, and so I, you know, I thank God, you know, for my upbringing. But came from originally from Alabama, man, with uh, my parents, you know, they raised myself and my sister. And, you know, just humble upbringings. And that kind of gave me the foundation. When we talk about leadership, man, bro, it's, it's crazy. You know, I look back at all the, the, the when I talk about, you know, how I move in the space as an officer and as a leader outside of, you know, just the wearing the uniform, that it's just, it, it just, you kind of look back at those subtle things. And it's, it's funny, you know, I was talking about, my dad got here yesterday from Detroit. He moved cool. back there you know, last year after my mom passed away. And so he's over with me for a couple of weeks, man. He's you know, just rapping and just talking and just, you know, seeing the leadership side of him as a pastor for like his last church over 23 years and just the dedication and then just serving leadership. That piece with yeah, people first and that, uh, you know, that humble upbringing that I, I, I take it with me everywhere that I go right now. Man, well, I'll tell you what, Johnny. Hey, man, God is in the midst, man, because hey, I'm, I'm a PK myself. Uh, my wow. dad's been preaching, man, over over about 30, 40, 50 years, somewhere up to that, that time frame. Um, my brother's also a pastor. You know, he's got his church up in Kentucky, man. And I was always told, Johnny, I was next, you know, and, and somehow ended up, you know, living some some wayward things throughout my life, man. And, and God gave me another 
opportunity, man, to join the Marine Corps. Uh, and, and I never looked back, Johnny, man. So I definitely rock with you on that, man. God, God done brought that synergy together. Uh, and that's amazing, bro. So Alabama, man, you know, I'm going to ask the big question, though, man. Do you roll tight, bro, my brother? Yes, sir. All day, every day. That's Twice on Saturdays. Yes, sir. Already know, man. Hey, you got to respect them, dog. I don't care whoever out there is watching, man. Hey, you might got hate in your body. And if you do, that's okay. Because most <laughs> champions, hey, you know what I'm saying? Hey, they get hated on, man. I, I'm, I'm here in the state of Georgia. Obviously, Johnny, man. And shout out to them Bulldogs. You yeah. know, they won the last couple years, you know. But, hey, you can't. You can't knock that Crimson Tide, though, bro. Like, you know what I'm saying? I know y'all going to be back. It's just a matter of time. We're right there. Man, I tell you, Johnny, uh, man, you know, I, I heard you say something key, man. You you, you said that, that, that opportunity, man, to serve as an officer in the military, man. So how, how long you been in, Johnny? Man, so great question, bro. I've been in now a little bit over 17 and a half years, man. Um, on the Air Force side, um, went to the University of Alabama Commission via ROTC. And, uh, yeah, it's just been, you know, it's been a great journey, man. You know, I, I look back, you know, it, it, I, you know, not to get real nostalgic, kind of just thinking back, like, man, you know, only got two years left. You know, got orders for that last assignment, you know, potentially, Lord willing. And um, it's just, uh, it's been a blessing, man. You know, the, the, the Air Force has been great to me, open up some great opportunities to lead. Um, experiences oh, yeah. that, you know, would have never even thought about, you know, having. So it's, uh you know, met, of course, met, met a lot of great people, too. So right. no complaints where, there at all. Well, where all you been stationed at, bro? Man, I started off in 05 down in Warner Robins, Georgia. So a couple hours okay. south of Atlanta. Yeah. So I know a little bit about GA and yeah. a lot of family there in the Atlanta area as well, too. From there, man, went to San Angelo, Texas for about... 10 months, went to Intel school there. Then after that, they sent me back to the East Coast to Newport News. So I was at Langley Air Force Base from like 2011 to 2013. Then came up to the D.C. area for like four years. Yeah, and bro. after that, man, I pivoted back down south to Panama City, Florida, um, you know, okay. in 2017. And it's crazy. That's kind of where our real estate kind of took off, especially right. after Hurricane Michael hit there in October 2018. That um, mm. you know, we put the team together. We have been doing kind of you know renovations, one house at a time in the Birmingham market primarily. And then after that, man, we just kind of put the gas on it. You know, we knew what to do overnight. There was thousands of dilapidated houses. You know, we've been doing ten to twelve houses every year ever since. You know, got into the multifamily mm. space in 2020, and uh, you know, most recently last year, we picked up uh, 76 units in Montgomery. That wow. Man, that's absolutely amazing, bro. That that's the light bulb lesson right there, just off the cuff, bro. I mean, dog, like, you know, I, I was was talking a little bit earlier, Johnny. Man, uh, there's a lot of military members out there that, you know, is is wanting to get into the space, man. Really, uh, clueless, you know, on some accords outside of just the normalcy of that hey, you can get a VA loan and move on. But what, what's your thoughts, man, for for the for the young? service members across all branches out there, man. What's your thoughts as far as them getting into the real estate piece? Man, most definitely. Um, you know, looking back on it, it's like the, the biggest thing that they got to realize with anything as an investor, you got to leverage your resources. And for mm -hmm. us as veterans, one of the, you know, right there with the GI Bill, the, you, right, is, I would say, I would argue that the VA loan is right there with it for us. One of the yeah. best resources us as veterans have at our disposal. 100% right. financing. Um, you know, you can have a lower credit score. If you don't have the best credit, you still can get into a loan because the government's going to back it and guarantee a large portion of it for the bank. So it's low risk from their perspective. You know, and so the, and one of the things that I did know when you using my VA loan was that you can buy up to a four unit. So you can get up to a fourplex using that VA loan because it's still considered residential. And so mm. from day one, you can be a landlord with three units under your belt. You living in one. And when you PCS, rent the other one out. And, you know, from there, you mm. can bring it in more than enough cash flow normally that's going to cover your mortgage, taxes, and insurance, and you're going to put some money in your pocket. 
and you're going to be able to participate with all the other benefits of ownership uh, with owning that asset from, you know, the tax depreciation you're going to have, the monthly mm -hmm. cash flow with money in your pocket, you know, long-term appreciation over time is going to go up in value. And, you know, and you're paying down, you know, your, your residents that's living there are going to pay down the mortgage over time to reduce Absolutely. that principal and just build your wealth up um, over time. Right, man. Uh, I mean, so it's obvious, Johnny, you, 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 you've transitioned to your teaching, you know, where, where, where does that come from in you? Is it, you, you, you think on that generational wealth level is just as far as like, I want to make sure that people out here truly know this, this, this lane. I mean, what, what got you into the teaching aspect of it? Man, that's a great question because it, it wasn't always that way when it came to real estate. Um, you know, I'm a I, you know, I'm a product of a lot of mentorship, a lot of a lot of prayers, you know, and a lot of individuals coming together. You know, I look at my uncles, you know, sending me a hundred dollars, you know, a month, you know, while I'm in college, right. you know, and, and you know, just the people around you that's pouring into you to make sure that you be able to be a strong man and be a strong leader. Mm -hmm. And you know, for me. I've always been one that's that's giving back to the next generation, you know, whether it's starting a tutoring program at the church that I may have been attending as a lieutenant or, you know, giving back to like by cop of an organization there in the suburbs of Atlanta out in Cobb County, County that focuses on overbound te um, teenagers. And so right. I'm volunteering and just giving them those, you know, the, the, a lot of those financial and life skills that they don't necessarily have, you know, how to fill out a FAFSA you know, for college and things like right. that, where they bring in kids from the inner city, but they didn't know a lot about communication, how to uh, how to do a job interview, how to complete a resume. So things like that, Absolutely. you know, that were just near and dear to my heart with giving back. And so I got presented with the opportunity in 2021 to write a book. Wasn't looking to do it, wasn't trying to do it. You know, over the years I've helped people, you know, kind of, hey, you know, pick my brain about how to pick up a rental property here and there, flip a house and just share it, but nothing formal. So I went through this process to write the book with Georgetown University, um, phenomenal process, 10 months to do it and um, and produced it. But along the way, they were like, hey, when people read their book, how can they reach out to you after that? So I was like, OK, I had to right. create a website and to put together a pseudo coaching program slash being a consultant to kind of be in a position to help people. And most recently, man, I launched my own community because one of the things that I saw that there's a lot of uh, super expensive groups that cater to teaching real estate investing and you know from going through man and you know and and paying you know tens of thousands of dollars to join these organizations for just one year right. it opened my right. eyes that it was like there's a lot of people that don't have access to this information and so that mm -hmm. became my goal last year to kind of pivot it was like okay how can i make this reachable and attainable but still from an economic standpoint is it, people can feel like they can tap in. And so that's what I built with my REI Genius community and just being able to share that with individuals on, you know, hey, this is how you go about evaluating a property. This is how you go about, you know, choosing the right partners or, you know, like tomorrow night, I got a free master class. We're going to be, I'm going to be teaching people the mistakes I made in raising private money um, for deals. And so really it's just, it goes to being able to be a conduit to give back. You know, we talked about ministry and, you know, and I, I, you know, the same thing, I'm like, oh, you're going to follow your dad's footsteps. And, you know, right. it's like, it's like, ah, you know, the Lord had called me to do that. But, you know, I, I view this as my ministry, as I'm able to pour into people to help people take care of themselves, to teach them how to go off and fish and build legacy and build, you know, generational wealth. You know, because I tell people, it's like, I don't have to buy it. I've been blessed. You know, I've been working at it so hard over the years. I don't have to buy any more real estate. But now it's like, right. I, mean, I can deals now when I want to. And I can just pour to other people to help them build that generation themselves and their families. Man, come on, Jolly, man. Hey, hey, once again, hey, it's like, Bob, blessings. Got my man, Johnny Lineham in the house, man, dropping so many jewels. Man, Johnny, uh, I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with the Stone Mountain area. Um, I, I, me and my mm -hmm. wife were in Stone Mountain, and for my retirement, uh, we, we were with the ladies that and shout out to those those young ladies down there, but they have an event center. We're sitting there okay. making sure everything's tight for, for the reception for after my retirement. And these two gentlemen walked by and one of them pointed and said, oh, there goes uh, 
Mr. Mr. Mark right there. They popped in. Hey, how y'all doing? Everything okay? Yeah, everything is great. They leave. As soon as they walk out, Johnny, the lady says, that guy right there owns this whole area. Every building and even across the street where the Walmart building is, he owns that. He owns crazy real estate yeah. downtown Atlanta. He lives in L.A. And and I, I say that, Johnny, because I saw I saw a, a, a short, a YouTube short today where the girl said, you know, most people that got like that crazy amount of, of things going on within their portfolio, a lot of times you would never know it. And I can tell you, Johnny, that particular day, uh, I ended up speaking to the gentleman. And, I mean, he was dressed, regular jeans, regular shirt. Man, one of the nicest guys I've ever spoken with. And, man, like I said, he owned that whole area, man. And, you know, owns a lot of property up in New York. And, and, and I asked him, I said, man, how did you get started? He said, man, I got started with a vision. So I, I guess that question for you as well, Johnny, uh, you know, did you ever, what what fears did you have to get over to, to really start going hard and building out building out that portfolio that you, you've gone in over the years? Ooh, no, great question, man. And that's the thing, like most, they, people feel like, you know, when you reach, reach a certain level, you're un, you can't talk to these people. Like, we're ordinary people. You know, we put our pants on one leg at the time, just like everybody else. Um, right. But it's like, if you had a vision, you got a focus. And you you go off and you, you know, and that's the thing that I love about ventures. We have so many intangible skills that directly transition over to entrepreneurship and being able to be a successful business owner that we don't give ourselves enough credit for. But for me, right. it was, you know, just being it to take action at first deal was like, you know, getting over the fear. What if what if I fail? And, you know, I had to make that transformation and my mindset. I, I had to broke Johnny mindset. And I had to make that transformation internally to become woke, Johnny. I had to I had to wake oh, up to there's another way. There's another way to be successful because I talk about in my book about you know when I came out of college, I didn't, I had a low financial IQ. My credit was jacked up. I didn't know I needed to be paying my bills on time and all of that. And so just had a whole lot of you know challenges. You know going in, didn't know about real estate, didn't know about stocks and bonds or how to evaluate a company. Any I didn't know about any of that, but. You know, when I saw that, it was a super humbling feeling. You know, uh, my cousin stays in Stockbridge, actually. He had to sign on my apartment down in one of Robbins, Georgia for me. You know, I'm still here and I'm starting my career and everything, and I got to get a family member to sign on my lease for my apartment. Super humbling. But luckily, I got my I, I got my act together. I was like, okay, I got to figure this stuff out. I got to right. learn this, and I did. And Ten months later, um, lieutenant buddy of mine, shout out to Nick Battle, he reached out to me. He was like, dude, I found this duplex. He's like, I'm going to buy one side. You need to buy the other side. Let's go. And I was like, I looked at it. And they were like, hey, this is how much your mortgage would be. My credit was a decent enough shape where I could get my VA loan approved. And right. I was like, okay, well, I'm, it's $300 cheaper than uh, my rent. So I'm like, is that, 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 it's a win from that perspective. And so yeah, I think it was a leap of faith. It was a leap of faith. So, um, you know, it's really just that fear, the fear of the unknown and not doing it. And that's the thing that I tell people. And, and I try to fulfill that role. Like, I never had a mentor in real estate. They showed me the ropes. It was like it was all it was all bootstrap, you know, reading on the bigger pocket pockets for them, you know, just, you know, just learning from people, going to the meetups in person, um, you know, being the only person that looked like yourself in the room right. and still being able to have to move that space and understand it. And uh, thankfully, you know, I was able just to lean on that. It was the grace of the God, grace of God, man, that I was able to put it together and just make it happen. When you talk about vision, I tell people the Bible says you got to cast the vision to make it plain. And I was like, that, you know, this is something that I keep at the forefront, you know, in my bedroom, in my office, on my cell phones, yes. is my vision board. It's just those that's things it. that's important, you know, whether it's real estate, it's family, it's wisdom, knowledge, understanding, it's whatever it is that your goal that you're going after, you're always having that top of mind, man. And uh, just yeah, cast bro. that vision and, and just execute. That's absolutely amazing, bro. That's amazing, man. It really is, bro. I mean, that's... That right there, bro. I believe in my my, my soul, Johnny. Man, it's uh, fear's real, man. Uh, I, I went to a you know a boot camp this weekend here in Atlanta, and it, it was plenty of millionaires in that room, Johnny. I promise you, man. And they they one thing they all had in common 
was pushing through that resistance, getting over that fear, you know, really setting that trajectory for, hey, this is where I'm trying to go. And when you couple that with us going to boot camp, I'm sure, I'm sure, Johnny, you you went to boot camp down in Lackland, I'm sure, good old Lackland yep. Air Force Base, you know, uh, obviously for me, Paris Island, South Carolina, but at the end of end of the day, it's it's boot camp. Yeah, you, you hear all, all the Marines is the toughest boot camp. You know, this this service is not as hard, man. For that particular individual, you still got to step out on that faith, man. You you still got to have that that forward, you know, within that that spirit of you to know that, hey, man, I got to do this, you know. And and it sounds like for you, man, jumping in that real estate, you've done it, man. Um, you know, as as an enlisted guy. Uh, majority of the conversations that I had about things outside of the military, Johnny, were with commissioned officers. Um, the first time uh, a gentleman sat me down and talked to me about stocks and bonds, sat me down, okay. talked to me about potentially getting real estate, uh, it was a commissioned officer. Um, and I think, you know, again, uh, as we sit here tonight, man, building on on, you know, just leadership and life and and moving forward in, in our careers and, and things that we do, I really do believe, Johnny, it's these type of moments that, you know, somebody's going to see this, they're going to hear these things that, that you're professing, and they're going to put it into action, man. So I really, truly, Johnny, appreciate you for that, bro. Um, like I said, it's just organic, Johnny. I mean, I'll, I'll use myself as the example. Uh, I had a good friend, good Marine buddy of mine. Every duty station, he bought another house, Johnny. Okay. Um, from, from when we were stationed up in Quantico, he bought a crib up there. We, we got down to Paris Island, South Carolina. He bought a crib there. We went out to Camp Pendleton, California. He bought a crib there. Now I'm looking back. Hey, man, he he's sitting in the Philippines right now with his own staff, remote team out there, uh, starting to buy real estate out there. But again... As a as a young okay. fella, he had that vision to step out on that faith, man. I think it's very important. Um, Johnny, do you ever believe that? You know, we'll we'll go back to that that recession that they talk about. What year was that? Like 08 or something like that? The crash was it 08? Yeah, back in 08, you know, you had in the banking industry, you had a large over forty percent of loans that they had um, out were adjustable rates. And so as the interest rates increased during that time, leading to recession, that uh, everybody's mortgages, you know, doubled and tripled because the rates adjusted. And so right mm. now we don't have that, uh, we don't have that that concern right now. Well over 95% of the loans out there are fixed rates. So, you know, people's payments are going to go up on them. Then, you know, unemployment is still um, historically low. I think we're over like a 50 year low for unemployment right now. And so people got jobs they can pay. Saving is, uh, even though savings are saving rate across America is going down, but it, you know, coming out of the pandemic, it was one of the highest levels it's been in a long time. You know, so you got those factors that are going in. And I think the number one factor that's driving, you know, the market does not be to, I guess, to be still to somewhat resilient and to not drop mm -hmm. drastically is there's a low um, amount of inventory of in entry level houses. So, Houses for first-time home buyers. Um, when you start looking at like the median income for a uh, median sales price for a house in the United States, I think right now is around three eighty. Everything less than three eighty, it's hard in certain markets to even find anything. Atlanta is a perfect example. Right. You can't, you know, the house, the price of houses over the last five years is like doubled in Atlanta, and so it's mm -hmm. hard right now for work people that work day jobs. You know, that's in the service industry, that's uh, you know hourly workers. To afford a home, I know right now in the D.C. metro area that uh, I was at a, a real estate event and the uh, the CEO of the public transportation um, se sector here he has he has individuals that work for um, for the for the train the metro metro station that live mm -hmm. in West Virginia man they couldn't get to West Virginia just because there's no affordable housing area Amazon's moving their headquarters to uh, to Arlington, and they're, they're working through right now with as they develop their headquarters that they got to create workforce housing for their employees to live in the area. So I think that's a, a problem across the board. There's just not a lot of inventory. Um, a lot of people refinanced the last few years, 
And so with sub 5% interest rates, a lot of people are just going to stay put. They're not going to sell right. their house to go buy another house with a 6 or 7% interest rate mm-hmm. when they got a low rate right now. So I think those factors are kind of insulators. Um, but honestly, I think there's it's, it, real estate is local. Every market is going to be different. You know, you're going to see probably some, some declines in areas that had um, kind of abnormal growth, like Boise, Idaho, Phoenix, Austin, Texas, mm-hmm. San Francisco, over the pandemic there where you saw prices just spike and they went up um, a, a lot of a, a long ways. And they're right now, it's just affordability is out of balance. And so prices are mm-hmm. going to have to compress on some of those markets. But I think what's going to happen, prices are going to kind of settle where they are for the next few years and not we won't see a lot of appreci- appreciation and it'll allow inflation to catch up. Because over if you look over the last hundred years, that housing prices and inflation kind of track one another, you know, whether that two, three percent increase each right. year that they kind of they kind of go in line with each other. So I think prices are going to settle down and then inflation is going to kind of catch up over the next, you know, two or three, four years. Right. Johnny, you, you said you started down in Panama City, down in Florida. So our first our first house, 5521 Avenue K in Birmingham was a rental. Twenty five thousand. We bought it for, um, you know, sight unseen. And, uh, you know, little did we know that we were going to start doing more virtual buying. But that was our first rental property. We picked up another house uh, for like sixty four hundred off a of, off a of hub zoo auction in Birmingham wow. on Second Avenue. We put like, uh, yeah, man, we put like 14K in it and we rented both of them out on Section 8. And like in 2015, man, I was at a, a pivotal point in my career, um, kind of mid-career captain, you know, had excelled in intelligence tour, you know, had deployed with my, my troops and everything and was really, really good space. And I was like, I came back on that deployment and, you know, went to another job. And it was like, man, I got so much more in me that I wasn't being fulfilled. I was doing a, a great job and, you know, working. But it's like, I get off at five. We had just had our first child. And I was telling my wife, it's like, it's more to it. I got more in me. I can't just come home and do fantasy right. football um, and, you know, watch TV all night. And I've always right. been an entrepreneur at heart. And so that was one of the things that kind of pushed me. So we sold those two rental properties in 15, um, the early part of that year. And then, you know, early summer, we, we got our first flip. And uh, we did that first project, man, and took that leap of faith. And, it, you know, after that, we transitioned and started doing it virtually. And Birmingham was a lot cheaper. Of course, the acquisition costs and renovation and labor was all just kind of uh, order magnitude cheaper there. And, uh, yeah, and we just, you know, virtually flipped 16 and then 17. And then we moved mid-17 to Panama City. Um, I got hit with orders like two months after I got there. So I wasn't able to build a team. Oh. But after I got back home after the deployment, the hurricane hit, bro. And we were displaced. We were out of our house displaced for six months. You know, I was director of operations, so I had to get, I had to take care of the unit. I had airmen that completely mm-hmm. lost everything, and we had to get them on humanitarian assignments out of there. But that spring of 2019, when I got back in the house, things had settled down at work. We would kind of have returned the mission that I was like, hey, it's go time. Let's start getting these houses, put a team together. And I've been with my core contractor team, man, um, in April. It'll be four years um, yes. since we've been together working, rocking with the same guys there. Um, and they've been taking care of me, even now with me being back in the D.C. area for the last two years that, you know, still put a team in place. I got an acquisition manager. I got my, uh, you know, I got my VAs in the Philippines that do a lot of the work and behind the scenes during the day while I'm in the office. You know, no cell phone and, and that skiff life. And uh, right. you know, it's just been a blessing, man. And just keep keep rocking with it. I can see it on your face, Johnny, man. Yeah, hey, you're doing it, bro. You know what I'm saying? Big, big, crazy salute to you, man, because it's just such an inspiration, man. And again, Thank you, um, you know, it's it's I, I'll I'll play I'll play the 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 question guy, man, that, that a lot of the Marines ask me over the years, like simple stuff like, uh, you know, how much how much money do I have to put down? And it's like, nah, bro, you got a VA loan. You don't have to put nothing down on that. You know what I'm saying? Um do I have to pay PMI? Nope. You don't have to pay primary, you know, mortgage insurance. So I think, you know, the military's got a lot better over the years, Johnny, man, with, yeah. you know, that VA awareness and all that good stuff. But for the cats who who get out, say, say an airman, Marine does four years, they get out, uh, they're written, they don't know where to start. You know, what, what, what layout would you give to that young budding individual asking, where do I go from here? 
No, man, you know, you're, you're 100 percent right, man, because, you know, a lot of people re don't realize that only 20 percent of military members that serve actually retire. They stay in the right. 20 and actually get their retirement. It's not a lot that the majority, 80 percent don't do it. And so, you know, one of the things that I think as a member getting out that one, that credit you got, especially like in this economic cycle we're in right now, your credit is super important. Um, because they're going to be really, really tight on their underwriting on who they're going to give loans to. And so you want to make sure you get your credit together. But then the second part is, you know, look at and that's, this is one of the things, especially for young folks that, you know, they invest. I can't hit it home enough that start investing at an early age. I got I'm talking to my kids like my last deal we bought a couple of weeks ago uh, just to get in their mindset. I said, hey, I want you all to invest one hundred dollars in this deal. We buy this house. And I told them the first thing that you got. One, tell them, show me the numbers. And then two, do you trust the operator? Do you trust me? Do you trust my track record that I can flip this house and execute the project? And they were like, yeah, yeah, well, you flip a lot of houses. We know that. And then, all right, boom. They're like, okay, this is a, these are the numbers. Does this make sense? And we buy the 127, put 30,000 in and sell it for 235. And we're going to make this much. Does that sound realistic? And yeah. uh, they like, yeah, that sound realistic. I'm like, okay, y'all invest $100. I'm going to give you $1,000 back when we sell it. They like boom. My, my daughter, my daughter, can I can I invest two hundred? I'm like no, <laughs> but they get it. They get it. She's only seven. It's, that's the thing that start investing. Start investing. That's the moral of that story. Is you got to start investing. And I say teach the younger. Don't teach them to save. Teach them to invest. Especially right. now with technology. I'm like, yeah, you can put this money in the bank, but you need to start looking at. You know, you want to go buy up buy upper deck baseball card. Go buy upper deck the company. Go buy Nike the company. Go buy Sony the, that makes the PlayStation. That's buy right. own a part right. of the company, and you can they they they're already savvy with technology. Just go on the app and no. uh, you know and, and buy it and, and start owning it. So that's the biggest thing on the investment side to start investing one your money, but then also in yourself, your mind, because that's where you're gonna get the greatest return is being able to invest your time and learning a new skill set. If you if you got out the military, you've got some training, you've done some things that figure out how you can market that and figure out how you can leverage that to build on that foundation that the military is giving you to go and do something else in the civilian world. And, uh, and, and you, it may, have, may take having a conversation with somebody that can help you right. uh, put the pieces together. That's all right. But then I think definitely everybody should have a mentor. Everybody should have uh, somebody successful. That's where they want to be in life. They should know somebody in their phone. If not, you got to get out of your shell. Because if you don't, yeah, if you weren't born in a circle of people that were achieving at a high level, I didn't have real estate investors around me. You know, I had to go find, I had to go seek them out. You know, right. and everybody, you know, they want to get it out the mud by themselves, but there's a smarter way to do it. And, you know, looking back on it, I'm like, I should have joined some of these groups earlier and network with a lot of people earlier to, right. to get to my goals a lot faster. So that's my feedback and recommendation to folks. <laughs> invest um, and start investing early, but then also invest in yourself with your skill set, you know, whether it's reading a book, getting the right training in order to be able to now to add you, you becoming a more valuable person. Now you can command and demand more income just because of the, the, the value that you bring to the table now, because you've taken the time to invest in yourself. Absolutely, bro. Hey, speaking of that, I see up there behind you, uh, yeah. a fam famous, famous gentleman by name being Bryant. What what does that quote say back there, Johnny? If you don't mind, what's that quote? Yeah, say, right? man. The most important thing is to try and inspire people so that they can be great in whatever they want to do. And you ain't it. even you ain't even look at it. <laughs> that's it. That's, um, that's it, man. You know, that's, it, it. It, that, that's the calling, man. That's the calling that we live by. That's it, bro. Hey, man. It, it's so amazing because a lot of the conversations I, I have, Johnny, speaking with different leaders such as yourself. Kobe keeps coming up, man. Cats keep bringing up Kobe Bean and that Mamba mentality, bro. Like, it's real, man. You know what I'm saying? And definitely shout out to that brother, man. Oh, wow, Johnny, man. Look, man, I mean, you know, we've been going about 30 minutes. Oh, and man, you've just been giving so much value, man. I truly, truly am grateful for it, man. Like I said, you know, it's, uh, it's just a pleasure to see gentlemen like yourself, man, that you know, you, you're not what I would call a one-trick pony. You know, you you switched it up, man. You know, you're in the military. 
you know, commission officer. I know you make good money as a commission officer there, Johnny, but it was something deeper within you. Yeah. You say, you know what, man, I, I want to step out and, and, and make some other things happen, man. And how how has that journey been as far as being a commission officer, but also having a company on the side that you're running simultaneously? How's that been for you, man? Great question, bro, because it's, it's, it's a balancing act um, for sure. Um, but it forced me to be coming in with a team approach. I, I I did have to grow into that mindset, even though I'm like I'm a leader at work, but I'm still a perfectionist. And so I'm, I'm like, okay, can't nobody do this better than me. So right, I was right, you know, right, I'm right. the one out there. I'm on my lunch break. I'm cold calling people. Um, you know, I'm out there. I'm going on appointments after I get off work. And, uh, you know, I got my first virtual assistant in 2018. I, I figured that out while I was at my deployment. While I was deployed, I really worked on building the business to execute when I got home. And, um, you know, and so then it's like, okay, I got to build a team around me and lead right. the team around me. And so now I can leverage their time while I'm work, I mean, we're working, doing what I need to do there. But I think the biggest thing for me, man, especially like with starting my own community and that side of it is walk that, that, that tightrope with still being active duty and serving, but still, you know, trying to help people that uh, it's easy on the veteran side, but for those that still serving, mm -hmm. they still got that gray area, you know, with me being an officer, you know, in right, in, right. right enlisted people. And then you talk about money and everything. And so, you know, just kind of operating and navigating that space. But for me, it got to the point last year, like, you know what? i like, I can't wait another three years for me to retire to then start here. i like, people need these help now. I can't wait three years until retirement when it's all putting up and say, yeah, now I can start helping people. Like people need this now today. And so right. like, hey, you know what, you know, did you just deal with it going through it? Like, My leadership's been supportive. Um, a couple of people around the office, they know me. I had somebody come up to me. It's like on LinkedIn. She's like, yeah, so I, just, I saw you on LinkedIn and saw that you're the military CEO. I was like, I was like yeah, that's, that's, hey, that's, that's, that's how we get down. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, you know, so it's cool, man. It's, <laughs> It's been a growing, you know, because just, you know, being on the intelligence side of the mission area that uh, we, you know, one of the things that's always been hammered is being solid professional, solid professionals. Right. And uh, it just got to the point of like, hey, I'm kind of, I got to step out into this space and uh, do what I got to do outside of work um, because it's that important to me. Man, but Johnny, man, it's, it's, dog, it's so important. You know, I, I gave 23 years to the cloth, man. Oh, and, man. And, and, Oh man, I appreciate it, brother. And I, I put all my eggs into that basket. And and a lot of, you know, as we were discussing earlier, um, a lot of my peoples, you know, some of them went all the way to 30, Johnny. And yeah. and in these these light bulb blessing conversations, they're like, if I would have known what I know now, there's no way I would have stayed to 30. You know, so again, I, I think the awareness aspect of it, like you said. 20%, less than 20% is going to make a career out of it. Right. Um, as Marines, we we always give so much prop to the Air Force based on just certain things that, you know, we see in, in, in the other branches of service that not necessarily caught up the par with us as Marines. Because you already know, Johnny, it was, yeah. hey, we war fighters, man. But, but at the same token, it's like, all right, education is so important, though, you know. It's so important. And I don't know, Johnny, and you could probably dispel whether this is truth or myth, but is it true that the Air Force, a non-commissioned officer has to have at least a, an associate's degree or something like that? Or within that first four years, the Air Force Academy? It, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, yeah. You definitely have to get those... Uh... Those are those uh those are those credits and and build up to get that associate's degree. So so, so important, Johnny. You know, and again, it, this is definitely not a platform to knock anybody, any branch of service, anything of that nature. Uh, you know, we're here to build and and bring forth that light and speak truth of the awareness. And and a lot of young fellows are coming to me. Should I go to the Marines? Should I go to the Air Force? And I tell them, hey man, if 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 you if you do the research on both services prior to making that decision, you know, it, it, it'll make more sense in terms of which route you want to go. Uh, yeah. Because, again, I mean, it's just one of those ordeals that, you know, as I look back, I remember we did a panel out in Okinawa, Japan, 
and uh they had they had a uh air force uh e9 uh army e9 obviously navy e9 and a marine and the air force gentleman when he starts speaking about the importance that the air force puts on education mm-hmm. man and you know it was all senior enlisted in that room uh it, it was a real eye-opener for a lot of marines because a lot of marines that again put that egg all into that one basket so uh with that all being said though man i think it's very important like you said when you start talking about that fraternizing and you know money with with a, with a young troop or something like that but to me knowledge is knowledge johnny you know what i'm saying yeah. if 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 that young fellow walks up to you and says you know good afternoon sir uh you salute back and he says i'd like to have more information about learning how to build out my portfolio, you know, and, and really getting into real estate, man, it, you know, it, it can't be wrong. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Because yeah. at the oh, end of the day, that young man, you know, again, just like yourself can put himself in a position for real generational wealth down the road, man. So very important, bro. Very important. Um, Montgomery, Alabama, shout out to my man, um, Andrew Fister, you know, he he was my 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 admin clerk here before I retired. Okay. He's born and raised down there. What's the difference with you know purchasing property in Montgomery versus purchasing property in, in Birmingham or Mobile or Huntsville? Is there any any wide range difference in that? Um, you know, that's that's a that's a good question. That the markets each one are kind of individually different. Um there's there's some advantages. That uh, of course, with Huntsville, Huntsville is experiencing a lot of growth right now. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of uh, investor activity there. Um, they have, you know, one of the strongest uh, economies in the state. Just there, wow. you know, for the medium household income is is um, is extremely larger than some of the other areas like Mobile and Montgomery. Um, but there's there's benefits, and I think that's the things with with as you focusing in and get the knowledge with the individual areas that. You look at it, for instance, Huntsville. That I was just reading an article. They just approved permit for like a seventy-two million dollar multifamily um, mm. complex in Huntsville. But when you look at Montgomery, when we were doing our appraisal, we were looking at the area. Montgomery hasn't had any new large multifamilies delivered in the area in the last five years, and so was looking at that. And for its permits being pulled, there wasn't any new inventory that they had projected, and so it was like, okay. If we get a, a good asset that uh that's performing pretty good in a B class area, you know, Publix and Starbucks is like a mile, less than a mile and a half away. Right. And uh, we get this, like we don't, we're not gonna have any new competition coming in. We come in and renovate and update these units. It's close to Gunner Air Force Base over there. I'm like, we're gonna be great. And you know, and so it's just you know, it, it's different, you know, different investment strategies for the different cities so it's like you know certain side of town you want to be on this one has a lot of new construction coming here and so you got to look at okay okay is there going to be too many units in the area in the future which is going to push rents down and so you just got to kind of do comparisons um between each deal and just you know the more and more you study the market and, and you're informed you can make different decisions you know when you get a property that comes your way from mobile or from montgomery and that you you've kind of got enough of the uh, the information of what's happening in those different cities, where is that you can make an educated decision? Right, right. And you said Atlanta is tough right now. Is that what you said, Johnny? You said Atlanta's pretty tough right now. Man, Atlanta, Atlanta's been going crazy. You look at it, there's been a lot of appreciation to the tune of I thought it was a couple of years ago that the almost entire zip codes in Atlanta and gentrified wow. areas like Decatur. For instance, mm-hmm. whereas that you had that much money where you had people pumping in hundreds of millions of dollars buying properties, renovating them and turning over entire areas that you wouldn't even recognize, you know, compared like 05, 2010, some of right. these areas, you would never get go in at night. And now you got people out walking around at night. You got pubs, you know, people walking in pets and stuff like that that's going on in some of these areas that's been gentrified and that's closer to the city. And they're, you know, they're just constantly raising the value. And, you know, and I think one of the big drivers is that the jobs that you got so many um, businesses that's moving there. I know right now Microsoft is building a huge headquarters there in South Atlanta in that right. area. That's in that, And it's just all those jobs that come in. It just drives a lot of a whole economic boom behind it with everything around um, such a large um, construction project like that. 
Absolutely. What do you what do you think of some of the, the pitfalls to avoid, Johnny? When you start talking about, you know, trying to buy multi, you know, duplex properties, what's some of the pitfalls? Um, I think number one, not getting an inspection. Um, lean on the professionals. You know, if you 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 know you're not a licensed contractor, you know, get an inspection always um on a property so you can understand, you know, going in, understand what problems are going on with the property. I think yep. you know, there's a, a another mistake is um, not taking action, not not buying, you know, waiting to try to time the market that I'm, you know, the best time to buy real estate was 40 years ago and the next best time to buy was yesterday. He's like, you, right. you, you, got, you, know, you, got right. you can't time it. You can't time it. And uh, houses 20 years ago were way cheaper than they are today. And if I was a betting man, I had 20 years from now, real estate's probably going to be the house I'm living in is going to be more expensive 20 years from now than it is right now. And so if you believe that, then, you know, find deals at that cash flow and, uh, you know, and, and start going down that path to, uh, to become an owner. Because I'm a true believer. If you don't own assets, you're going to always be somebody else's asset. That's it. Though. And that's, that's the thing that we got to realize is just the importance of ownership. And real estate is one of the best vehicles for somebody like myself who, you know, didn't have a silver spoon, didn't have. I didn't have it. I didn't have but some debt, you know, thank God, thank God for ROTC. I didn't have a whole lot of student loan debt, but right. I, uh, you know, started from nothing. That's and, right. Uh, I think that's what people don't realize that they think they just got all this time to make things happen. And, and, and when you think about it, you know, if you, you put, you, you sleep seven, eight hours a day, you go mm -hmm. work eight hours a day. Um, you know, you had 16, 17 hours, you know, you, you know, you got to prep food for the kids, do some homework, you know, a couple other hours that you only got a good, what, seven, eight hours of every day of your life left. Right. And if you're 40 years old, the average man was at 73, 74. So you got 30, you got eight hours and 30 years left. Mm. You know, eight hours out of, every, out of every day. That ain't a whole lot of time when you start it's thinking not. about it. And so that's the thing. The biggest thing for me is like, yeah, the, the money is cool, but, you know, it's all about the time freedom that the money buys. And it doesn't take a whole lot of real estate to buy your time back, to get enough cash flow that takes care of your expenses, where you don't have to go trade your time for money, where you can go vacation, you can go volunteer, you can, you know, give time back at your church, whatever it is that you want to do with your family, spend time with them, but you don't have to go work in an office eight, 10 hours in a cubicle, you know, till you're 65. I was talking right. to one gentleman the other day, he was talking about a mentor of his that was a four-star. And mm -hmm. uh, four-star, retired. <clears throat> months later after retirement mm. it's like you know we got to put an emphasis on our time because time even though we all we all everybody says time is money time is money but time is infinitely more um valuable than money money 100 percent. if i tell you i'll give you a million dollars cash right now but you're gonna lose your life tomorrow would you take it no nobody's no. gonna take it because like hey i want my life that's more valuable. Me having more time on earth is more valuable having that money. You know, but if I said, hey, you got $10 million in the bank and there's this cure for this disease that you have, you, you, you got $10 million, you can pay it and you're going to be guaranteed to live another 30 years. You would easily pay, gladly pay that $10 million to, to be able to have 30 years of life back on earth. And so I think that's the thing that we all know it, but we don't live our life like we know that our time is valuable like that. Yeah, bro. That's the jewel right there, bro. You're absolutely correct, man. Um, time is is everything, man. Me and the wife talk about it all the time, and it's like, you know, we we're already having those conversations, man, about our parents. You know, we're grateful, Johnny, because both of her parents, knock on wood, still here today. My parents still here. You know, I got a 13 year old son. His name is Cassius Clay, and he will tell you, Johnny, that he's the real Cassius Clay. And I got an eight year old. And those two, we tell them all the time, man, just be grateful, man. You have both sets of your grandparents. But, you know, having those conversations, man, it's what is, like you said, time is not on the side, Johnny. It's truly not. If you, if you had to go back and do it all over again, when you started really taking real estate serious, what, what's one of the big main things that, that, that you would do if you had to go back and start all over again? I would definitely uh, start investing in multifamily sooner just because it, it's just exponential for us. The, 
the ability to generate the cash flow and, and to get you to the get you to the ultimate goal. So I think doing that earlier for sure. Absolutely, man. And and what do you think, Johnny? You know, this is me, Tim Clay, T.O. Clay, like ball blessings. I live in this nice house out here in Gwinnett County. Thanks be to God. Uh, we've been here since 2018, but I but I own a property. You know, like I told you earlier, up in Kentucky, that's my first property. I rented, I rented out. What you think should be my next step? You know, moving forward, if I wanted to move forward to purchase more property, what do you think that next step should be, Johnny? I would look at um, getting a HELOC, a home equity line of credit, on your spot there in Gwinnett, and and look at picking up some of more of those properties. And um, depending on where. If you got job, because you, you really want to follow the jobs and the population growth. Um, you know, it's a little bit more competitive in Atlanta, but just depending on what part of Kentucky, um, it may be worthwhile. Um, for I already know it's worthwhile for what you told me you were getting for rents on that first one. So I would I would definitely get that HELOC on your primary residence and uh, and then start looking for um, you know, some small multifamily or you know, or even single family homes that you can find with getting deals there in Kentucky um to bring in that cash flow. Always here, Johnny. I'll pull it out. Give me a second. Give me a second, Johnny. This 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 wise guy right here. Ah, yeah. Okay, so he said in here, Johnny. He said it. He said, hey, get your first one. Get your next one. Get your next one. Those will start paying off the first one. And you just start boom, 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 right? So... I guess yep. for the average cat out here like me that doesn't have near the acumen in real estate as you do, Johnny, is that the answer that the to to get that second one? Because you hear, come on, Johnny, man, we scroll all day and we see you could buy this house right here with no money. Right? Is that is that possible, Johnny? When somebody scrolls across, hey man, you could get this house right here, no money for the cat out here. No bread other than his normal day-to-day, -day, get something to eat or whatever. You could get this house, no money. Is is that true, Johnny? Or is Man, it more to that story? It's, it's more to the story. It's true, but there's a lot of caveats that go with that. That you can pick up properties uh, where you take over the existing mortgage and you don't have to come out with a whole lot of money out of pocket. So okay. that part is somewhat true. Um, but I think the big part of that is, you know, a lot of people, you know, they look at wholesaling where you get the property under contract and then you assign it or flip it to an investor and you, you make the difference. You kind of get in with low money or no money, as they say it, and kind of they advertise it um, to do deals. But there, there's ways that you can do it with no money where you go in with partnerships. But the thing with it is you got to bring something to the table. And so if you don't have the, the money, then you need to have the time and the knowledge and the grind mm -hmm. to bring to it. And then you can align yourself with investors. Like my, my, uh, the units that we picked up in Montgomery, that was one of my coaching clients. He found a deal. I, he brought me in on the deal. I was able to sign on the loan. I was able to put a nice chunk of change, my own money in, and I was able to raise the rest of the money. Whereas that we put a team of five people together and he owns like 30% of the complex and he didn't have to put any money in the deal. But he found a deal. He aligned himself with me. So there's there's ways you can do it. Um, but at the end of the day, you got to get the knowledge and the information. And the, the name of the game is ownership. Man. You get all the benefits of real estate by owning um, at the end of the day. And uh, so that's the thing that I always tell people. If you, I have a company that fix and flips, but we fix and flip. And we take the profit and buy multifamily, buy apartments with it. And that's the goal with that. Um, so it's all about just having that strategy and understanding your time horizon and what your ultimate goal is. Well, how much passive income did you want to generate? Because, um, man, if you go four or five most properties like you got doing those numbers that you got right now, you're going to be in great shape. Hey, I'm going to keep praying about it, Johnny. I'm going to keep praying about it. Oh, seriously. But, hey, segueing into this, man, uh, you, you spoke about your community, man. Uh, where 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 can they find you? How can they get signed up? Uh, how can they be a part of what you got, Johnny, in terms of that community? Yeah, man, most definitely, man. REI Genius, Real Estate Investing Genius, because I believe everybody has an investing genius inside of them. And that's my goal is to help people tap into that genius that they that they have suppressed with inside of them, man. And, uh, you know, so johnnylinum.com, 
you know, you can click on there. You know, I got a link on there on my website that'll take you to the community. Um, you know, come test us out. Come check it out for a week for free. See if it's a good fit for you, you know. And then after that, it's $27 a month, man. And uh, we have free master classes every Wednesday. Um, right. You know, whether it's myself, I bring in people, my network, you know, whether it's other investors, you know, we've had investors come through talk about multifamily, uh, mobile home parks, fixing and flipping, wholesaling, Airbnb, midterm rentals, um, you know, bringing in tax accounting, you know, CPAs, lawyers, all the energy you need, estate of planning attorneys, everything that you need. It's like I, I want to bring a resource and put it in front of people where that they don't have to go out trying to vet. You know, like with my coaching clients that I bring on individuals from certain markets like realtors. Um, you know, we haven't got any contractors yet, but I help people build teams in these different cities that they want to invest in. Whereas that right. we vet individuals that yeah. come through, um, ask them some questions and kind of just help people build teams. Whereas that now um, I'm looking to create the the another bigger pockets, but with a more personable approach with a community behind it. Whereas you can put right. names and faces and get exactly what you need for your real estate journey um, and, being, and being able to have that all at your disposal right there. So that's the vision, man, for the community and just help people level up, man, that's serious about building wealth to come on in and um, and we're going to give you everything that you need. And if right. I can't provide it, I'm going to reach into somebody in my network that's going to bring you to the table. So, Right, right. Who who Who's your favorite real estate mogul, Johnny? Who who's that who's that person for you? Who who do you look up at and say, yo, that's my Mike Jordan of real estate right there? Man, it's I think you 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 almost have to look when you start talking about the branding and everything that Donald Trump that it's hard, it's hard. Grant Cardone's pitching up. Um, but when you at you look at Donald Trump and what he's been able to build. Um, I don't necessarily, you know, like all the, you know, the bankruptcies and how he kind of maneuvered and moved in and out of buildings, like what happened with Atlantic City with his casino there. But when you start looking at the brand between him and Hilton and JW Marriott, that they're on the hotel side of it, but that's all real estate and that name right. recognition that goes with the real estate on the on the towers and everything. So I think um, you know, those those are kind of the 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 the, the Paul Marks that are kind of leading out there when it comes to that with the branding and the, that whole side of it, you know, before social media, you know, everybody knew who Trump was and they knew no him doubt. for real estate. They wrote a real estate mogul. So I think his name definitely stands out there. It's kind of one of those, one of those real estate icons. Hey, Johnny, I, I respect you for saying that, sir. Um, me and the wife was out in Vegas. We had just got off the plane, got in a rental Uber, whatever. We pull up to the light and I looked up and I saw that gold truck building. And that's that's where he was in office too, Johnny. I said, hey, they may they may hate, you know, but you gotta respect it. I said, come yeah. on, man. For for that aspect of it, yeah. I know when we was all little, you know, I'm 46, Johnny. I, I know you somewhere around my age. Yeah, I'm right there behind you, right there behind you. That's what I'm saying, bro. When we was little. When we talked about being a millionaire, being rich, everybody was running around saying, "Yo, I'm gonna have bread like Donald Trump." Yeah, it's that simple. That's Hated it. That was before social media. Yeah, before social media. You're absolutely correct, man. Look, Johnny, man, it's 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 been a pleasure, brother. Um, again, man, I always tell you know my peoples that that I bring on the Light Bulb Lessons platform. Um, I hope this is not the last time, man. You know, I know you're a very busy dude, high powered, running and gunning, doing what you got to do. But I, I would definitely love to reach back out to you, you know, sometime down the road and, and bring you back on, man, and get some fresh updates on where you are, man. Any any parting words, man, you have? The floor is yours, Johnny. Man, most definitely. I appreciate you bringing me on, brother. I, uh, you know, I really enjoyed this. And, uh, you know, whatever I can do to help the community, man, let me know. I'm always willing and able, man, um, to make it happen and support the cause. And then um, and they can ping me, to, you know, to get more information. But, yeah, man, just let me know whatever I can do. Um, you know, just would love to have individuals tap in with the community, reach out to me and let me know however I can help support them as they get there on their wealth building journey. Hey, Johnny, we're always in by, by asking that one simple question, man. Uh, in the last month, What's been one big light bulb lesson for you, bro? 
anything? What's what's that one white ball lesson that you've experienced in the last month, Johnny? Man, I think the biggest thing for me is, uh, you know, it's all we continue to practice gratefulness, being grateful for today. Um, you know, us as entrepreneurs, man, we always are looking at the next thing, the next goal, chasing the next goal, but really just being grateful for the moment and just taking it all in, man, because uh, life life is short, man. And, you know, right. just being able to, to be there with the family and uh, experience them day in, day out. There a lot of times you take you take the ones closest and the loved ones around you for granted until they're gone. Right. And that's the last thing I want to happen. So, man, just really, you know, just practicing gratefulness every day, man. That's amazing, bro. Big shout out to one of the best podcasts that's killing it right now that's giving straight game, straight leaderships, and straight gems when it comes to leading the next generation of veterans and being impactful in this, uh, this great country. So shout out to you. To T.O., man, the man behind the vision. And uh, always here, man, to support the cause, brother. Yeah, man. We appreciate you, Johnny. And as always, we definitely say peace. Peace. Peace.